by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this victory over Ravens Sunday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it wasn't planned this way, but it's great. We we made sure to start this recording after the Ravens lost uh in a lovely fashion to the to the Kansas City Chiefs. Not that I want the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl, but I definitely didn't want it to be the Ravens. Um so I'm doing splendid because of that. James, how are you? <laughs> uh, I don't mind seeing the Ravens lose any time at all. Um, I didn't catch the whole game, but what I did catch saw a lot of personal fouls against the Ravens for shots after plays were over, hitting guys in the head. Um, seemed like they really were on a mission to try to hurt Mahomes rather than just beat him. Yeah. So, kind of odd strategy. Makes me wonder if that's something they were doing all year and just weren't getting called for because – they were the favorite in most games. And a lot of times when you're the favorite team, uh, you get away with that kind of stuff. They seemed real upset when they were getting called for punching guys in the helmet. Yeah. Real upset, which <laughs> is odd because you should be called for that every time. That shouldn't every time. You. And it's on national TV now. So the whole world was watching yeah. you. You can't get away with as many things. Can't do that. The state farms poster boy. Get away with it. Happen. <laughs> I don't know. Andy Reid's coming up with the poster boy thing now. Andy Reid's got in, in some of his commercials now. I'm surprised he didn't have a hamburger. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, no, but so with that being said, obviously we're celebrating a Ravens loss uh, at this exact moment. We're we're waving those terrible towels. I got one right here. We're waving them. We're waving them. Um, but. <laughs> With that being said, we, we are going to talk about the defensive stats overall from the year. Uh, we're going to do the year in review for the defensive side of the ball, also special teams a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to talk free agents. So who are the free agents that Pittsburgh has? And then on top of that, uh, are there any free agents that we would like Pittsburgh to target? Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh's in the negative with cap room right now. However, they'll always finagle that and make that uh, work out to have, you know, 10 or 15 million normally. Uh, for spending so we'll see what happens who who whose contracts they just dump and then whose they also uh, restructure i'm sure there'll be a couple of those this year before we go too far into that stuff james we have some player news with teams with people in the defense specifically all defensive news today yeah yeah so a couple of awards starting to give and be given out this time of year um tj watt was handed an afc Defensive Player of the Year award by one of the sources. Uh, they haven't announced the official ones yet, uh, but I want to say it was like the Pro Writers Association names Miles Garrett their NFL Defensive Player of the Year, which is crazy because he literally doesn't lead the NFL in a single statistic, not any viable statistic. And it doesn't and make in his sense. Last six game, he had like three tackles total in all six games. Uh, Just. Uh, Here's yeah, my here's not, my question. Not even top five in sacks. Like, here's my question: How can you be named the AFC Defensive Player of the Year, but then someone else in the AFC gets the defensive? That doesn't make sense. Shouldn't be possible. Yeah. No. So <laughs> it's losing all credibility. If if the official award goes to Miles Garrett, uh, then the awards are just have no credibility now because. Uh, you're just going off of opinions rather than facts at that point in time. So uh, the voting system and that will also be something that people don't have any faith in, which is just awful. Um, but <laughs> beyond that, Joey Porter Jr. did get named to the all rookie defensive team. So Woo-hoo! that's a pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome 
recognition for a guy well-deserved. You know, he played real well for Pittsburgh. Was shutting down dang near every single guy he went against week after week. Um, Only the one interception on the year, but plenty of pass breakups and some very, very sticky coverage. If if they can figure out that cornerback number two position opposite him, uh, it's really going to be a game changer for the Steelers' defense in future years. Dude, (laughs) (laughs) pro pro football focus has moved him to their number one corner uh, in this upcoming draft so he won't be only, available after 12 yeah the only hope is uh now daniel jeremiah has got him like fourth or fifth on his list uh so that's the thing is there's going to be a big discrepancy from one team to another yep. from one nfl draft analyst to another um the only big question mark that i think there's going to be at this point in time is long speed he is a track guy Mm -hmm. but some people are not expecting him to be super fast and by that i mean i think he's going to run similar to joey porter in in that four four six kind of thing yeah i think if he runs in the low four fours then uh he'll go in the top 10 picks but if he he's in the higher end that four six four seven four eight or nine that kind of area then he might just last and be there at 20 There's if, he, if he's there we gotta pick him you gotta yeah that's i think you'd be crazy not to he's an, an incredible athlete a fantastic cover corner uh and a really really reliable tackler uh, this is literally a guy that on first and second down, if there's only two wide receivers out there, you have him as your outside corner. And on third down, you can slide him inside. Uh, and he can be an awesome slot guy for you who can really help against the run and probably can match up pretty well against tight ends as well because of how dense his frame is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all in on Cooper DeGene. I've been talking about him for a year and a half now. Uh, <laughs> it's it's that time, you know. We're gonna hear a lot of Cooper DeGene in the next month and a half, two months here. So <laughs> that's an exciting thing. Uh, speaking, staying in the secondary here, yep. uh, Pittsburgh did decide to extend uh, the defensive coordinator Terrell Austin with a two-year extension. Uh, I like it. I think it's a great move. Uh, two years ago, when his first year as the defensive coordinator, they led the NFL in interceptions with nineteen. This last year, I want to say it was 16 or 17 total from the team. I think it was uh, So they're doing a lot better. Yeah, doing a lot better than they were in previous years as far as interceptions and forcing turnovers. Um, just got to get a little better production out of the defensive line. That's not going to be his specialty. Yeah. He needs to have good specialty coaches in that area, defensive line coaches, edge rusher coaches, that kind of stuff. Um, so – that's the big area of opportunity in my book with the defense right now is is the pass rush from the interior defensive line because we really didn't get much this last year. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they were also on the field a lot. Let's be real; uh, it was a rough yeah. rough year for them as far as. And Cam was hurt the whole entire year, and Minka was out. TJ was, was out. Yeah, I mean you had a lot. Of, I mean we lost our two starting middle linebackers. Like <laughs> it was a rough year <laughs> every year. Every year at that middle linebacker position, man, we're getting people going down. Um, it's very frustrating because this year we were like, we actually have depth. <laughs> oh wait, they're gone. <laughs> it just yeah. happened so quick. Um, <laughs> so it, it was really. Hopefully something happens. We'll get to that too when we talk defensive stuff. But let's let's hop into this. So we're I mean everything was defensive up to this point, and we're gonna talk defensive stats. Um, the guys that led the league in tack or led the team on tackles, top five guys were Landon Roberts with 101, 
Uh, then you drop down a lot to TJ Watt with 68, Minka with 64, KZ with 61, and Alex Highsmith with 57. A three of those, actually four of those top guys all missed quality time too, uh, which mm-hmm. is wild to see them still leading and leading by those margins. So, um, and even when, yeah. you, even when you drop down to six, it's Cole Holcomb with 54. And Cole went down yeah, with an injury. Week eight or nine, he had a season-ending <laughs> yeah. injury, and there he is, sixth best on the team in tackles. Uh, KZ, as you mentioned, he's the number four guy on the list, and and he missed the last three weeks due to suspension. Uh, Fitzpatrick missed at least those last three, yep. but I think he missed some I think he missed, earlier I think he missed in the season Four or well. five total, yeah. Yeah, and there he is at number three. It's just, wow, man. It's it's almost like who was actually healthy the entire season. Oh, there they are, number one and two, Robertson Watt. <laughs> yep. uh, I thought actually, um, just real quick, he, he landed in Roberts early in the season. I thought that he was kind of a casualty. Yeah. Seemed like he was too slow to be out there a lot. As the season went on, he either became more comfortable or just got his legs back. I don't know which it was, uh, but he started making plays even against the pass at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a little bit more optimistic about a Landon Roberts in in future seasons than I was at the beginning of the season because I feel like he really upped his level of play. And it might have been a little bit out of necessity too, knowing that everybody else that was around him was either a practice squad guy, a late round draft pick like Mark Robinson, who they weren't even willing to really put out on the field if they didn't have to, um, or My, guys coming off the street. So Michael Walker, <laughs> yeah, you got all those guys that just weren't anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I thought I got I was pretty happy with his play towards the end of the year as well. Um, again, obviously you expected to have Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb all year, but those guys just went down um, with injuries, and that was very unfortunate. Uh, I thought TJ, although he missed a few games, um, had a had a pretty good year. Minka with Minka missing four or five. Did TJ miss? Am I wrong? TJ didn't miss any. Did he come out of one game with an injury? And well, like no, didn't... yeah, he missed. Well, he missed. You know, he just missed the playoff game. That was it. He he played. Oh the rest yeah, of- yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that was it. He played all season. That's. I knew he missed a game. I just was processing regular season, and not other stuff. But you know, it's nice seeing Alex Highsmith on that list. Um, going down. I I would have liked to see more out of Larry Ogunjobi. Obviously, Cam Hayward was gone for so long. Keanu Benton had thirty six tackles on the year. Um. Joey Porter had 43 again. Joey Porter didn't play in all the games. I think he only started in he didn't play the first what six, seven weeks? Four weeks? He he played sparingly. They were using him in the dime package, and that's about it. So he was getting like six to eight snaps a game. Yeah. Uh so it wasn't until like week six or seven, I believe, before they actually started him. Uh, so for him to be where he is on the list as far as tackles is impressive. Uh, another takeaway I have from this is I'm seeing in the top seven, three safeties. That's scary. I don't want to see that in future years because nope. that's a real bad sign when your safeties are leading the team in tackles like that. And and I know that there was a stretch where Minka was getting 10 tackles a game every game for a while there. Uh, you can't have that. The linebackers and defensive line need to do a better job of cleaning stuff up. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Pittsburgh does to change that up next year and possibly a uh, a full healthy season of Holcomb as well. Yeah. Um, let's move over to the sack category on yeah. this, Cody, and, and talk sack production from this last year. 
Obviously, the elephant in the room, T.J. Watt, 19 sacks, led the NFL. That's the third time in his career. And uh, what is he, the, the first guy in NFL history to do that with uh, yep. leading the entire NFL in sacks for three seasons? Yep. Uh, so quite a season that T.J. has when you compare him to the top pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, he's leading in sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions, and passes deflected, and also tackles for loss. So... Should be a shoe in for the defensive player of the year. Should be. Uh, but it turns out that the pro football focus folks decided to come up with a new statistic called pass will rush win rate, <laughs> which is 100% a opinion statistic, kind of like pressures. It's somebody looking at it and saying, oh, yep, that's a pressure. You know, it doesn't actually register as far as hitting somebody or forcing a fumble or sacking quarterback or deflecting a ball. Those are tangible things. Either it happens or it doesn't happen where the pass rush win rate or a pressure rate. Those are hundred percent opinion statistics. Yep. Uh, so that's why I'm, I'm so up in arms about this whole thing of people trying to say that miles Garrett's the best rusher in the NFL because of his pass rush win rate. Cause a, he cherry picks his matchups and he's he's scared to go against elite offensive linemen and even good offensive linemen. He he runs from them and, and takes the the weakest matchup every week. Yeah. Uh you see him even doing crossover uh basketball crossover moves against weak centers uh, because he knows that they can't handle his quickness on the inside. And you're not seeing TJ Watt do anything like that. Uh he lines up on the outside on every play and less it's a third and short where the other team's going to run, and then he moves inside. And don't and don't, and don't get us wrong. I want to clarify something because I know where you're coming from, and I understand your your point, and I think the listeners may not. We are not saying that Miles Garrett is not a talented player or not a good player. He's very good, but he is not the most valuable player to his team in the sense when you look at the productivity that TJ Watt had and what he provides and the turnover rate and leading this like. It's not just a sack. It's not just a number based game. Don't get me wrong. But like when you lead those numbers, that shows your value. And then when you see the productivity standpoint, like Miles Garrett didn't force as many turnovers as TJ Watt did. Miles Garrett didn't force as many long, like third downs and big sacks and all this stuff. It's, it's about the play, not necessarily the numbers. And so I want to clarify that. But we're making it a point. TJ Watt does it without cherry picking the worst player. Like and he drops into coverage. Yeah, and gets interception. Does not drop into coverage. Uh, so he, he drops into coverage a good ten to fifteen percent of the time. Miles Garrett pass rushes every single down that there's a pass play. Yeah. Uh, so there's a greater percentage of opportunities uh, for Miles Garrett as well, and TJ is still more productive. Yeah. Uh, and then the tackles for loss thing really speaks volumes to me that TJ is so much higher than Miles in tackles for loss. Because that shows effort against the run. When you have somebody that has that many more tackles and that many more tackles for for loss, that's tackling the ball carrier who is not the quarterback behind the line. That's saying, hey, I don't care that I'm not going to get a sack on this play. I'm still going to go all out for my teammates. That, that goes to say a little bit of something about how much of a team first or a me first kind of player you are. Yep. Uh, so I think TJ's statistics st- speak for themselves this year. Uh, and should easily win defensive player of the year. Uh, but moving on to the rest of the Steeler unit as far as sacks, number two for them was Alex Highsmith with seven, which was a big drop-off from last year. Uh, but I kind of feel like 
left tackles recognized what they were going against this year and just yep. held the living crap out of them on a regular basis. Yep. He had Otherwise, so many he probably would have had a lot more. He had so many holding calls that that you're not going to be seen because again, he's not quite yet the household name. He's after last year, he's much a bigger name. Um but again, Pittsburgh was 11th uh, in the league with sacks this year with 47, I almost made it to 50 again. Um, and then you have Marcus Golden who had four, Larry Ogunjobi and Nick Herbig both had three. Herbig coming in in his rookie year, having three is not bad. I'll take three. Um, Especially with the limited snap count that he got on defense because yep. he didn't play that much. No, not at all. Um, and I wish there was a snap count on here, but I don't have that right now. And then even when yeah. you look at the tackles for loss, if you switch over to that stat, TJ had 19, Landon Roberts had 10. Uh, from that inside linebacker position, Alex Highsmith had eight. Marcus Golden had six. Cam Hayward had six. Nick Herbig and Quan Alexander both had five. Um, we did a good job of of getting some pressure in the backfield and getting tackles for loss. Uh, wish we would have seen more productivity out of some of those interior defensive linemen, um, specifically like you know Keanu Benton, um, even Armand Watts when he came in there, Montrevious Adams, but. Uh, I think we're going to see a big sophomore year out of Keanu Benton. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I feel like Keanu Benton was extremely disruptive this year. Yep, but and didn't no stats. It, it was a, yeah, it was a situation kind of like what you used to see with Stefan Tuitt a lot, where he was really disruptive, and the quarterback would run away from him and run into somebody else's arms, and they'd get the sack. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I think that that's going to kind of take care of itself in the future, uh, because it's what's going to happen is the quarterback's going to end up running from TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith on a play. You have no choice, but to step up. And when they step up, they're going to step directly into Keanu Benton. Yep. Uh, so I think in the future, you're going to see some pretty nice sack production out of him. Um, force fumble unit. We got four force fumbles out of TJ Watt. And then Alex Highsmith, Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, Cole Holcomb, uh, each with two force fumbles. Yeah. Uh, so the force fumbles, we're there, man. These guys, I mean, there's there's another like seven or eight guys that looks like with a single force. I mean, there's we year. had 20 as a team, so that was fantastic. Yeah. You, you just went over the first yeah. top five guys, so that's what, 15 other dudes? It's a lot of dudes, yeah. Not 15, excuse me. You went over the top five guys, but had a couple. That's one, two, three, five, six, seven guys, seven other guys. Had forced fumbles and we had 11 re recoveries. So that, I mean, that's, you know, that's telling you we got half of the fumbles we forced, we got the ball back. So turnovers. Um, we like that. TJ Watt had three of those recoveries. Ogan Joby and KZ had two other recoveries. So that's, that's fantastic. That's awesome. And obviously, one of TJ's went for a touchdown. So we talked about that. Um, how, how many, how many defensive touchdowns did Miles Garrett have? None. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. Just checking. Just curious. Um, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that defensive touchdown also came against the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. It absolutely did. <laughs> so, so did Alex Highsmith. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's just fun to throw it back in the in the Browns' face, especially when we're discussing the whole Miles Garrett, TJ Watt thing. Um, no, the turnovers were there. We. I mean, we can even talk before we talk interceptions. I want to talk pass breakups because I think the top four guys are very intriguing. Uh, top four guys, Patrick Peterson with 11, Levi Wallace with 11, which is wild to me. Uh, Joy Porter with 10, and then you had TJ Watt with eight. So <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that all day. And that's another one that speaks so big to me, right? Is as a pass rusher, 
you know when you're not going to get there in time. Yep. Like, you know when that quarterback is already planted his back foot and he's cocking his arm back and he's about to throw and you're nowhere near close to him. So as a high-quality pass rusher, it's your job then to get your hands up and try to bat the ball down and accept the fact that you're not going to get the sack but still try to make a play for your team. And TJ with those eight pass deflections is absolutely incredible. Again, when you compare him to the top pass rushers, he's number one in that category as well. Yeah. Uh, so just, yeah. Go there's, ahead. there's a lot of guys with two pass breakups on here. I want to highlight three of them. Yes. Larry Ogunjobi. All right. Keanu Benton. Uh-huh. And Isaiah Loudermilk. Hey, all getting their hands up. That's good. Yep. That's a Cam Hayward thing. <laughs> Cam's teaching them. <laughs> yep. Cam, had, Cam did also have one of the year with his limited playing time. Unfortunately, only, yeah. play, only played 11 games. Um, so ben, you can't blame, blame Cam either because he was suffering a groin injury. And if you jump up to try to bat down a pass, that's when the offensive lineman shoves you. And then you have to try to catch yourself when you're off balance, which is absolutely putting yourself in a situation where you're vulnerable to re-aggravate a groin injury. Oh, 100%. Uh, so I don't blame him for not going all in on the deflections this year. He was just trying to grit it out and get through the whole season. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Look at the interception leaders now. We had four guys with two. Uh, Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, DeMonte Casey, and Alex Highsmith. Um, you want to you wanna see some higher numbers from one or two guys? You'd like to see... Someone nearing, you know, the five or six mark and ideally someone else around three or four. Um, but again, having 16 as a team was not a bad year by any means. I'm curious to see where that um, had us as far as um, a team. NFL rankings? 11th. So we were 11th in sacks and 11th in interceptions. That's pretty good in my book, man. Like, it's not bad. That's the thing is like, People have to remember that's 11th best in sacks and 11th best in interceptions with a whole bunch of guys out for most of the year. Yep. With playing and an more offense than that half for, of the season. And an offense that half the season didn't play well. Yeah. More than half of the season, you were missing your two starting middle linebackers. Uh, Minka, what, he missed four or five weeks. Yep. Cam was out for like eight weeks. Keanu Neal missed half the season. He was supposed to be a starting safety. DeMonte KZ missed three weeks at the end of the year with that suspension. Like, you were missing a lot of really important pieces to that pass defense and to that rushing defense and still ranked 11th in both of those categories. So I think that's really impressive and speaks to the coaching mm -hmm. and also to the next man up. You know, oh, 100%. The next man up in that, that whole... Tomlinism of the standard is the standard. I don't care who you are. You plays. Well, they did. They did. I mean, again, I, I won't defend the lack of sack production from the defensive line that needed to be better than what it was. And I think they'll address that. I think we'll see a draft pick probably pretty high this year on that defensive line to try to, to get that fixed and taken care of. Yeah. Uh, but what the reserves did at safety and middle linebacker, I thought some of those guys were really impressive uh, for what they were handed and how far down the depth chart. And some of them not even being on the roster at the beginning of the year, like Miles Jack and Eric Rowe. I mean, they didn't even get onto the roster until like week 11 or 12. Yeah. And starting the last three weeks and, and playing well for us. Yep. 
Um, switching over to the special teams aspect, just because we got, we also want to talk free agents here before we end the show. Um, Boswell was 27 of 29 for field goals. Um, and then I believe he was, I'm trying to find his extra points, 27 of 28. So, yeah. Or excuse me. So he was 29 of 31 for field goals. So he missed two field goals and one extra point all year. So, and we, somehow didn't go to the Pro Bowl when uh, the guy that went missed five kicks. Who's the guy that went? Who's the guy that went? Uh, Justin Tucker, of course. Oh. Hmm. So he got in just 100% off of name, which is awful because Boswell had a drastically better season than him. Yeah, Tucker was 15th in the league in field goal percentage. Boswell was 8th. Boswell was 8th. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, I mean, I, sheer numbers. Look, he was 30. He had 37 attempts. But if you look at somebody like, um, I mean, even Harrison Butker. Well, I guess he's technically going to the Super Bowl, so it wouldn't matter. But Kansas City, he had he was fourth in percentage for field goals. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. And, and 100% of extra there, points. One Justin, of the big things with Tucker this year, I want to say he was like one of six from 50-plus yards uh, as to where Boswell was six for seven. Tucker was one of five. One of five, yeah. That's – Boswell was that's six of seven. Man. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's sheer name. That is a hundred percent sheer name. Yep. I mean, you have even. T- I mean, the Tennessee guy, the Tennessee kicker, Nick Folk, and the Houston kicker were both one and two. Now they kicked a lot less, uh, only thirty and twenty-eight attempts, respectfully. But they're top one and two with percentage. And and one of them missed two extra more points. Deserving. The other one missed one. Yeah, you have other guys that were way more deserving, um, but mm-hmm. it's just a popularity thing, is what the Pro Bowl yep. is, unfortunately. So. So uh, in return, guys, punt returns, Calvin Austin's the only one I've got listed here on punt returns for the season for Pittsburgh uh, with 29 uh, return attempts, averaging 8.6 yards per return, his long being a 34-yarder uh, and fumbled twice. Shocking. Which is a little scary, but uh seemed like he was always one, one guy away from breaking it. So Yep. Uh, I'm totally okay with him doing the returns again next season uh, just because I feel like it's really game-changing to have somebody who who at any point in time, if he touches the ball, he can break it. And I that's mean, the feeling you have when he has the ball. There's a chance we have someone else to do that next year. I get it, but they probably won't let him return. No, catch. they wouldn't. I know they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting excited for it. Um no, so with that being said, we're gonna. That's gonna. I mean, we. You want to talk Presley Harvin? He had a bad year. Um, we don't need to kick returners. Not a lot going on there. Uh, and Farland had six kick returns for 164 yards. Um, my list does not have Igwebuike. I don't know if yours does. Mm-hmm. That's dumb because he. Let me, I'll double check. He did. I'll double check here in a second. Uh, Igwebuike return. Oh, I do. Eleven attempts for 282 yards. 25.6 average. Um, that's good, man. That's, that's not bad. Not bad at all. McFarland averaged twenty-seven point three, but again, um, oh, that was only on six returns or six attempts. So, yeah, fell Got- out of favor somehow. I didn't get it. I felt like McFarland was having a real nice season returning kicks. Yeah. Um, and then he fell out of favor. So he's going to be another conversation we have later on. Uh, punting wise, that didn't go great for Pittsburgh this year. Nope. Uh, 
Presley Harvin, I felt like was good until about week 12 or 13, and then was extremely erratic after that. Uh, so I feel like they probably should be looking at another direction and at least bringing in uh, some high-level competition for him this year. Yeah. Uh, we're going to transition over to looking at the free agents here briefly. Uh, we're not going to go into too much depth right now. Uh, just kind of more who we want the Pittsburgh to potentially bring back. Uh, maybe look at other players who are available in free agency. Again, Pittsburgh's negative in the cap space right now. Expect there to restructure and uh, you know dump some dead weight and free up some money. Uh, the guys on this list who are listed as unrestricted free agents. You have Levi Wallace, who's a corner. Montrevious Adams, the defensive lineman, Miles Killebrew, the safety, uh, Marcus Golden, Quan Alexander, James Pierre, Armand Watts, uh, Shandon Sullivan, Blake Martinez, Miles Boykin, Mason Rudolph, Michael Walker, and then you also have Elijah Riley listed here. Um, two guys that aren't on this list that I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are both unrestricted free agents, Miles Jack and Eric Rowe. Uh, guys that yeah. we saw get decent playing time towards the end of the year. Um, James, do you want to go through those guys specifically, or do you want to highlight these other three guys on the list and then kind of just talk about it? Uh, let's talk about those guys, and then we can touch base real quickly on the restricted and exclusive rights guys. Okay. Uh, so that list that Cody gave you was all unrestricted. They can sign with whoever they want. Um, on this list, I like Levi Wallace. Man, let him go. Let's experiment. Peace. Montrevious Adams, if you can get him for for the contract minimum, I'm okay with it. Yep. Uh, but you kind of need an upgrade as far as a pass rusher. He offers absolutely nothing. Miles um, Killebrew, bring him back. Uh, I wasn't going to say that nope. at the beginning of the year, but blocking two more punts, then that's, that's four blocked punts in three seasons with two in one year, none, then two in the next year. And that's just very, very impressive. And now he's even achieved a Pro Bowl for that. Yeah. So uh, you definitely got to bring back uh, Miles Killebrew, and it shouldn't cost that much either. Mm -mm. Uh, Marcus Golden, I think, probably played well enough to price himself out of Pittsburgh. I, well, I and, at, and at 32 years old, do you even still want? He's going to be 38 before, or 33, excuse me, before the next season starts. Do you even want to bring him back? I mean, I'd be okay with it at veteran minimum or maybe a hair above. Uh, but the thing is, typically your backup outside linebackers also play on special teams. Yep. And he doesn't do that anymore because of his age. Uh, so he was good. Like, he provided excellent pass rush ability for a backup outside linebacker. And and honestly, that, that duo of him in the rookie uh, Nick Herbig was the best backup outside linebacker duo Pittsburgh's ever had. Yep. We've never had that high quality on our backup outside linebackers. So Herbig kind of makes Golden expendable. But if you don't bring Golden back, then you need a new fourth guy. Yep. Which... <laughs> so it's a slippery slope, man. If you can bring him back for the minimum, I, I say do it and then just worry about it in other positions. Quan um... uh, Alexander. Yeah. Man, at the beginning of the year, I was all in on back. Then he injures the Achilles. Um, you can't necessarily expect him to come back at the same level as of athleticism as he was before. And he's already getting old. Yep. So I don't see him getting an opportunity to come back from that. Uh, James Pierre, come on, man. He's 27 years old. He still hasn't turned into a decent corner. 
Uh, let's move on from it. I didn't even think that he was that great of a gunner this year. No, he I wasn't. Felt like he, he was he was okay, but you really didn't see him making a bunch of crazy plays. Uh, so I move on from that experience. Armand Watts, vet minimum, I'll keep him. Otherwise, no. Yeah, he's just and a depth not, piece. Yeah, that's not even guaranteeing he's going to make the team next year. Yeah. Uh, just he seemed to work his way above both Loudermilk and Leal on the depth chart. So that does kind of make you say to a degree that you probably should bring him back, but I'm not paying him anything above minimum. Um, same with Shandon Sullivan. He was okay at the end of the year, but it really took like three quarters of the season for him to even get on the field. Yeah. I mean, so. he shined a little bit during preseason. He made some plays, but like you didn't see enough of, uh, out of him when he was in there. Uh, I would, I would honestly say even a little bit over vet minimum for Shannon Sullivan, but not much maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars um, to bring him back just as a depth piece. I mean, there's what three corners on this list. Uh, you got to have somebody in the room. Don't get me wrong. They can draft and sign people in free agency still who would be cheaper, but uh, Shannon mm-hmm. Sullivan potentially bring him back. Blake Martinez, 30 year old inside linebacker. Cut it. I mean, we brought him in because of injuries at this point, get rid of him. See what we got next year. Wide receiver Miles Boykin. If you're on the same boat I am with this, I think you get rid of him. I, I, I it's very similar to James Pierre. He was a great gunner. Yes. I didn't see anything this year that I was like, oh, Miles Boykin did a great job on that play. Um, and a couple of times where he had the opportunity to down the ball inside the one yard line and blew it. Yep. So yeah, if your specialty is as a gunner and then you do that good, then at least give me a backup wide receiver who can catch the ball and run routes. Yep. Uh, Mason Rudolph. Obviously, bring him back if you can. There's a chance he played himself out of the Pittsburgh market as well. Um, again, expect them to be dropping Mitch Trubisky. Maybe that frees up some money for him. Uh, we will see. Michael Walker, he's young, but get rid of him. I didn't see anything that was promising or exciting or anything to look forward to. Or bring him back as a body. I mean, if, if you can yeah. bring him back on the practice squad or something like that, sure, that's fine. Uh, Chappelle Ru- minimum just to fill out the preseason roster. I'm okay with it, but don't you dare pay him anything above that minimum. No. Chappelle Russell. Oh, excuse me. That's an, th- th- another guy we're going to get into in a minute. Elijah Riley, the corner safety combo. He's young. Bring him back as a depth piece. I, I wouldn't pay him a whole lot. I mean, he was getting making 695000 this year. Um, I I wouldn't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth any money to keep him on the team. I haven't seen anything from Elijah Riley, in my opinion, to get excited about or ride home or about. So to me, if you're trying to figure out how to fill out the room and we're moving on from James Pierre, if I'm between Shandon Sullivan and Elijah, you're bringing Elijah bringing back Elijah Riley because he's younger. He's going to be cheaper and he has better versatility. He can play safety in addition to slot corner. And what we saw in the preseason was somebody with a real nose for making tackles against the run out of slot corner. Uh, so I think there's a possibility of something developing there to a legitimate option at that slot corner position. Uh, but I like the versatility a little bit there with Elijah Riley. Yeah. Uh, so Cody kind of teased it there. We've well, got one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Miles Jack, Go ahead. Miles Jack and Eric Rowe. Okay. Yeah. Don't want to forget him. Uh, Miles Jack, bring him back. If you can vet minimum. Sure. I, I, I think he actually kind of played fairly well at the end. Um, even if he's just a depth piece, I would say bring him back. Um, but again, don't break the bank for him. There's no point. And then Eric Rowe, a hundred percent bring back. 
Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on Eric Rowe. I'm going to oppose you on the Miles Jack. I'm moving on from Miles Jack. I appreciate his efforts. Uh, I feel like he really did help uh, be like a solidifying glue at the end of the season there. Uh, but knowing that you're going to have Cole Holcomb, you're going to have Elandon Roberts, you're going to have Mark Robinson, uh, and hopefully, another hopefully one, rookie. a rookie. A rookie that's in the top three rounds in addition to that group, I don't see the point because the 30-year-old Miles Jack isn't going to play special teams. Yeah. Uh, so I'm moving on from Miles Jack. But I'm going to go as far as saying with Eric Rowe, I'd be willing to to throw him at least like $2 million a year based yeah. off of what we saw him. And he's going to be 32. Like, he's going to be 32. Yeah. So he's I wouldn't older. give him anything longer than a two-year contract. Two years at the most. Uh, but I, I think you really ought to consider giving this man a contract because uh, I really liked what you saw out of him. And even though he's naturally more of a free safety than he is strong, I feel like he was a solid enough tackler uh, and moved pretty well in space. So I'm I'm in on the Eric Rowe experiment, which might allow you to push for the long-term solution at safety down the road one more year, maybe two years down the road uh, until you can – properly invest with a high draft pick somebody to be the running mate for Minka. Yeah. And, and James, I think I'm going to, well, let's talk about these last three guys real quick. Yeah. Um, obviously Chappelle Russell, um, restricted free agent. He's a restricted free agent. And then you also have, uh, Ronell Wren, who's an, uh, exclusive rights free agent and Dylan cook, the tackle, who's an exclusive right free agent. Um, I I have a weird feeling that Dylan Cook will be back as a body, but the other two guys just get rid of. Like, there's, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think Dylan Cook is absolutely prioritized and brought back. Uh, Ronell Wren, I want to say he, he was a preseason injury that was like an Achilles or something yep. too. Yep. Uh, and at this point, he's 28 and still has not developed past a practice squad fringe kind of guy. I wouldn't waste my time with Ronell Wren. Chappelle Russell doesn't move the needle in anyway but dylan cook they had him as the inactive offensive tackle almost the entire season he was on the 53 they were very deliberate about never moving him down to the practice squad and putting him in a position where he could possibly be poached by another team they made sure to protect him all season long and i think that you know cody's mentioned multiple times during this show that pittsburgh needs to clear up some cap space one of those things that is most likely to happen is Chikwoma Korofor's contract being terminated, which saves right around $10 million, which means you need another offensive tackle in the room. I think he's already on the team and his name is Dylan Cook. Yeah. Uh, but we still also probably are going to be looking for an upgrade over Dan Moore. Yeah, yeah, very true. We're going to need some upgrades on that offensive line here and there. Um, James, I'm going to interest you. How about we come next week with our top five free agent targets? Uh, for Pittsburgh yeah. to look at. We can talk about that next week. Uh, yeah, we, are, we are getting into that slow time period. We're waiting for the Super Bowl to end. We're waiting for some, um, you know, all-star games to happen. Uh, I know that's what you're excited this about. This week. This week. This yep. week, man. This Thursday and Saturday. Thursday, uh, Thursday is the East-West Shrine Bowl, or East-West Shrine game. And then Saturday is going to be the Senior Bowl. So exciting for both those things. Uh, we're looking forward to those things. We are excited as well. Uh, if you guys have anybody you think Pittsburgh should target in free agency, let us know. Comment down below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or, or message us on social media, we'll be happy to hear from you and, and converse about that and share your input on the show. 
So again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, remember to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And uh, oh, my Lanta, James, don't forget to wave those terrible towels. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.